Broadcasting from the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place in the heart of Toronto's financial district, this is Hashtag Finance, the podcast that profiles innovative entrepreneurs and thought leaders operating in the public markets. Presented to you by the CSE, the exchange for entrepreneurs. Hello, it's James, and you're watching Hashtag Finance. We are broadcasting at the CSC on the 72nd floor of First Canadian Place in Toronto. And today I'm pleased to be joined by Anthony Brown, CEO of Amped Ventures, Inc., based in Vancouver, all the way over uh, to our office today to open the market. And uh, we, we got off to a good start. We sp- uh, doused you in um, uh, Prosecco, Prosecco or... <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, after doing these a few times we, we actually have avoided that uh, but you were the first to get drenched sort of like a f- uh, NASCAR driver after a uh, yeah it's or... great it's fine yeah so that's that's what we're going for here um, want to talk a bit more about your business today sure. um, why you went public and, and all those those reasons but uh, maybe just touch on what uh, Amped does or AMPD how, how do you like to uh, reference the company uh, well, it's amped. It's amped. Okay, uh, yeah, so we're yeah. amped up here. Yeah, we're amped up. That's yeah. right. We're amping up the internet. That's right. Yep. Um, Doing what? what well, what? you know, if you take a look at the evolution of digital infrastructure, right? We start off with with telephones and and you know telephone companies uh, moves into cable and coax and 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 broadcast, uh, and eventually comes the internet, and you get your your Comcast, your AOLs, and so on. Uh, now what we have is cloud, and that's that's your Amazons and uh, Microsoft. Microsoft Azure, Google, and so on. Uh, but there's another iteration beyond cloud, and that's high-performance compute or high-performance cloud. Uh, and it's it's really built to deal with the latency-sensitive applications, things like esports, uh, online video games, things like AI and machine learning, virtual reality, especially multiplayer virtual reality, anything along those lines. Uh, it really needs kind of a, another generation after the the standard kind of commodity cloud that's out there, and that's that's what AMP does. Right. So when I, when I think about a recent announcement, the news or a launch product launch that is is trying to deliver on the promise of cloud, it's the new Google. Stadia gaming platform where right. basically every phone's a dumb terminal. You can plug into their cloud infrastructure and play um, high resolution, high performance video games uh, off the cloud without needing a, a high performance gaming rig in your house. Now, maybe you can touch on how that promise has actually been delivered or not. Uh, well, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not gonna, you know, gainsay Google. I mean, they, they, you know, amazing smart company. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, there, there, there's lots of things that that they're going to be doing to be able to make Stadia better as they grow. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the challenge that they face is the the existing infrastructure that's out there is not really designed to do anything that's latency sensitive. So, you know, we're building up bandwidth. You know, everybody's excited about getting their, you know, 150 megabit or, or, or gigabit to their house. Yes. Uh, but that's just the size of the pipe. The mm-hmm. amount of time it takes the data to go back and forth and the number of times you need to interact with that server back and forth, it really impacts things like playing a video game. Right. So actually, you know, getting that full, you know, kind of console experience doesn't really exist on Stadia yet, um, at, at least not in a lot of areas. Okay. And you guys are a smaller company, so in a newer company, and you you are basically saying that Google and Amazon and Microsoft um, don't currently have the capabilities to do this last mile latency delivery. And 
Well, I wouldn't say that they don't have the capabilities. I mean, they, but they're these not. Are, they're obviously, there's, there's a seam in the system here that you guys are. are there is, okay. yeah. There's, there's, there's an opportunity yeah. uh, to be had, and and you know, I mean, you know, I get, I get this. This, this is a, like the the most repeated question I get as <laughs> as a little uh, guy? yeah. Well, no, like you know, how are you going to compete against Amazon? Sure, yeah, okay. Right? Uh, how are you going to keep compete against Microsoft or Google? And and you know, the first thing everybody needs to know is that there's dozens of billion dollar market cap cloud companies out there. Mm -hmm. It's not only AWS and, and Microsoft and Google. Mm -hmm. There's lots of cloud companies that are out there uh, and, and, and doing quite a bit. The next thing is, is that the, the, you know, that infrastructure re originally was designed to do things like e-commerce and, mm -hmm. and maybe some video streaming and YouTube and Netflix, things like that. And it wasn't designed to do things like virtual reality and esports, um, and and you know it's there's billions of dollars invested in that existing infrastructure, and they're doing very well with it. I mean, you know, the the, the most profitable sector of Amazon is is AWS, yeah, um, Amazon Web Services. So you know, it's it's pretty hard to turn that ship and and start to to look at what advances can be made as far as high performance computing is concerned. And the next thing is that they have giant, like, you know, 100,000 square foot data centers that have to service very large geographic areas. And most of the time, they've, they've put those data centers where the power is cheap, um, kind of out in the boonies, uh, mm -hmm. away from people. For example, we're in Vancouver, and, and the closest AWS is in California. Oh, uh, really? Wow. Yeah, the closest yeah. Azure is in, is in Seattle. Um, and, you know, when you're dealing with that last mile distance, distance mm -hmm. matters. Um, the advent of 5G and, and the rollout of 5G will help to impact that, especially for mobile users. Yeah. Um, and then having just this urban proximity. Uh, we work with um, uh, our real estate partner, Stephen Hines, Hines Developments, and we build these data centers that are green. Um, yeah, explain they, that. You, you were talking earlier about how um, during the crypto rush, yeah. people were in such a mad dash to, to build these... Um, processing centers to, to basically farm Bitcoin and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, without any regard to heat runoff and, and all this stuff. And it, was actually, not, yeah. it was not ecologically friendly. No. no. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you're consuming a lot of power. You yep. know, you're talking megawatts, not kilowatts, when you're when you're talking about a data center, right. generally yeah. speaking. Um, and and the problem with with that is that a you're 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 eating up a lot of a lot of uh, electricity, but you're also generating a ton of heat. Right. Uh, and then you just you know exhausting that heat into the atmosphere. I mean, that's the last thing we need right now. Um, uh, and as you know, compute is growing exponentially. The amount of heat and so on being generated is is also growing as well. So what we do is we capture the heat uh, generated by the servers in our data center, and we use that to heat the surrounding buildings. Oh, wow. um, so that it also lowers our power costs and and makes it more um, uh, just easier to be able to deploy our data centers in urban centers, right where the people who are using the, the servers are, uh, and we also create uh, clean drinking water from our um, air conditioning systems. Oh wow! Uh, so it, it not only is it green, but it's also resilient in the case of a of a disaster. Uh, so it, you know it's great for um, you know uh, being able to. It's great to be able to do all this compute, but it's also great to be able to to start to do it in a way that's responsible and, and sustainable. And yeah, sustainable. I mean, you can't, you can't yeah. just sit there and, uh, yeah, <laughs> do it. Do it. you just described before without that that uh, conscious uh, effort to to uh, reuse that energy that you've pulled off the grid. Yeah. Um, very interesting. So tell me more about esports because we've had a lot of interest as a public market in that space. Mm. And a lot of people have approached it from, well, you know, the, the, the model's going to be um, leagues, eyeballs on uh, competition, this and that, 
you know, a lot of that sexy f- uh, front-facing stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the entertainment mm-hmm. aspect of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people out there who do talk about, you know, well, it's the picks and shovels. It's the background stuff, the computing. You mentioned 5G. Mm-hmm. Actually delivering that experience to what people are hoping is going to be a global multi-hundred million, billion-person audience um, doesn't just happen without the right infrastructure. And right. maybe can you just comment on your perspective on how technology is, is, is actually has to evolve or catch up, or maybe use your platform to help deliver on the promise of esports? Are we, sure. Yeah. Sure. So, you know, I mean, uh, esports is not quite as new as, as most people think it is. Uh, True. My, my colleague, our, our CSO, James Hursthouse was actually at the, uh, cyber games championships in Korea in 2002. Yep. Uh, so, you know, Starcraft too? Uh, probably, probably. Yeah. Um, but it's really starting to hit North America now. And I mean, in Vancouver, we had the, the to- Dota 2 championships that was hosted at GM Place, the same place the Canucks play at. Mm-hmm. And it was sold out for three days in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, quite an epic event. Um, so, you know, we, we are definitely seeing the, the adoption of esports and, and the spectator side of it here in North America now. And really, it kind of does lay out similar to regular sports, right? It, it's about the teams, the sponsors, and the fans. Um, but when you're looking at investing in it, very difficult to tell what teams are going to do well, who's going to get the sponsorships. I mean, nobody wants to, you know, uh, bet their 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 uh, investment money on a 15 year old uh, uh, playing playing a video game. Um, so uh, that being said. Underlying all of this stuff is technology that's required to be able to run all of these games. Mm-hmm. And currently, the only way to get that stadium experience is in a stadium, is on, on a local area network, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what we're trying to do is be able to bring that to the home. So you can get that zero ping kind of you know, stadium experience right from your, your, your armchair. So what you're saying is today, if I'm going on Xbox Live or the PlayStation Network, I'm compromising through my, because I'm using a cable provider network. Um, I'm likely having a diminished experience because I'm not using what you're offering, which is a low latency um, gaming experience because of that solution. That That's right. As we, as we put, uh, you know, online games and, and uh, Mm -hmm. esports games onto our platform, uh, people who access those servers, especially if they're in the urban center where the servers are, are really going to get that kind of stadium experience. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, look, I mean, I'm, I'm a casual gamer. I remember when uh, you'd have host advantage because you would have less lag on yeah. some of these shooter <laughs> right, games. Right. And you go, oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> I'm not playing this. But yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. So tell me a little bit, because we were talking also about content and the, there's this, the streaming and the content war and all that stuff. Um, you come from a bit of that background working with content providers. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just share a bit of your journey to, to Amped and, and what you did yeah, before. Yeah, sure. I, um, you know, this is... This, uh, as they say, this is my first rodeo. Um, you know, I've, uh, this is my uh, fourth uh, multi-million dollar company. Yeah. Um, the uh, and 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 it kind of starts with a company we we ran called Seven Group uh, that we started in two thousand. Ran that for about twelve years, mm-hmm. uh, and we we never actually checked, but we estimate we were somewhere around seventy percent market share um, in in Canada for digital media infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We had everybody as a customer, like Disney. Technicolor, um, uh, EA, Activision, all, all the big names were all customers of Seven Group. And what we did is we built all of that compute that they used to make animation, uh, VFX, and video game content mm-hmm. uh, in all of these various studios. Now that even the generation of that content, the compute for it is also moving into the cloud. But 
again, standard cloud, commodity cloud is just not ideal for that type of workload. Yeah. Um, uh, we've been building the stuff that goes in the, stu the uh, studio, so we really understand what that architecture is and, and how to build it. And so all we're doing is we're putting that off-premises in a data center, directly fiber connecting those studios to that data center uh, to allow them to generate that content. So it's, it's both things, it's two things. One, the generation of the content or the creation of the content and the compute that's required to do that, and then the actual broadcasting or hosting of that uh, content. Yeah. Uh, and, and in both cases, Cases, that high performance compute architecture at the edge is really the, what's ideal to be able to accomplish those goals. Sure, and if I'm running a creative studio, I don't want to worry about bandwidth restrictions. Or, no, no. I mean, when you were working at Pixar, I mean, you watch some of these old movies and you go, I mean, part of what they had to accomplish was the technological aspect Absolutely. as well as the creative. And they managed yeah. to do both, but that's Steve Jobs and Disney together putting their heads on stuff yeah. so yeah well now, we we had the chance as well to yeah. actually be on the other side of the glass too so yeah. uh, i was the ceo of a company called igp which is infinite game publishing yeah uh, and we published a big game called MechWarrior online which is an esports yep. game with yeah. giant killer robots yep. um and uh and we had to build that platform um uh, uh from scratch uh in under a year uh for that game we launched the game in, in less than a year we we're on the cover of pc gamer mm -hmm. um uh rated uh, number 19 in the top 25 shooters of all time uh, and it's still out there uh, uh, it's still a popular game being played today um, and I think we were probably as far as I know the only company uh, that was able to launch the game uh, in beta without crashing wow right so <laughs> every, every game almost that once it you know, when it comes out in beta breaks it's gonna go down it's yeah. gonna break we had over a million players day one and, and didn't crash. And, and that experience of building that platform is, is, again, another thing that really helped us to understand what Amped needs to do to be able to address the market. Well, I, I, and I think with the learning from that is uh, customers are fickle, and especially in the tech space, if something doesn't work day one, or it's hard to use, or it's laggy, there's so many other options, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I got nervous when Disney Plus launched, and the first day there was the uh, Wreck-It Ralph going, you know, we're yeah. having a problem. Yeah. And, uh, they, they worked it out really quick. Like yeah. it's, it runs actually really smoothly. So did you now. Do sign on to it because of the Mandalorian? Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but we no? will. We no. will. It's there. That's I can just awesome. wait. That's the great thing about streaming. <laughs> yeah, that's that Star Wars guys. But uh, it's um, it's it's an amazing world we live in. Uh, thank you for for bringing some of these wonderful content products and and experiences to the home. I look forward to using Stadia when it runs off your uh, platform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, don't I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether Google would like that. Like to do that, but you know, we're open. If Google, if you'd like to have a chat, yeah. let me know. I'm, I'm in. When when would I know that I'm using your? Technology is it stamped on something, uh, or is it just all in the background? It's, and I just... it's really, it's really all in the background. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, at some point, maybe in the future, we start to get into content ourselves and 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 sure. put put uh, put our logos on things that's not in the plan at the, at the moment. But that's what's but... happening with AT and T and Verizon and yeah. Time Warner and everyone's trying to you know who run networks now want to run content. Yeah, I mean, look, Apple's a hardware company as a doing? public company, yeah. we now have to make these announcements and 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 you know <laughs> make sure people understand what it is that we're doing in sure. the background yep. um, and you know the fact that that uh, Bardell uh, Entertainment's going to be rendering its its new shows on our on our platform is fantastic. Yep. Um, uh, and we're really really proud of that, especially since they're one of the guys that work on Rick and Morty. So yeah, I mean, if, if, yeah. if you can say Rick and Morty runs on uh, our technology, it's it's almost like an Intel Inside type of 
interesting. People yeah. can kind of oh, make yeah. a tangible. I don't, know, I don't know if they'd let me do that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, look. But uh, people know Rick and Morty, so you can leverage that. Well, for here's sure. the thing. You know, because we've been around so long, because yeah. of the history with Seven Group, and a lot of the people in Amped are from that from that previous company, mm-hmm. we've got a pretty good, you know, reputation in the industry already. There's not a lot of C-level executives within digital media that we don't already know. Yeah. Um, so we're we're really kind of just um, uh, enabling what they want to create. So they're the creators. It's them that really make the content. All we're doing is providing the back end, the infrastructure they need to be able to build it. Cool. Yeah. Picasso did not have to make his own paper folks. That's right. Um, there you go. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Anthony, thank you so much for uh, joining us today at the CSE. Thank you for coming to the 72nd floor. And, uh, just want to, uh, tell everyone the stock symbol. It's AMPD, AMPD on the CSE. That's Amped Ventures based in Vancouver. Anthony Brown, folks, if you're watching this, we will put out about two of these podcasts a week. Uh, if you're watching on CSE TV, please subscribe below. There's a button right there. And if you're listening on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, anywhere else that you get your podcast content, make sure you subscribe. We do these every, uh, every week, usually twice. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Anthony, thank you for joining us today. No, thank you very much it's for been, having me. It's been an honor. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, wish you good luck. And then thank thanks. you again for watching. Public Entrepreneur Magazine chronicles a bold and exciting new chapter in the Canadian Securities Exchange story. With over 500 public companies and share turnover measured in the billions, we're proud of our reputation as the exchange for entrepreneurs. Public Entrepreneur Magazine gets you up close and personal with a focus on topical stories and interviews with the charismatic entrepreneurs that make things happen. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to get your free copy available on the CSE.com.